You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Favorite podcasts now at cranberry.fm. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on Crimebury.fm. It's the uh, 25th of May. Seven more shopping months till Christmas, friends. Uh, <laughs> 2017, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Um, Dave is back from vacation. Um, so everyone, welcome back, Dave. <laughs> well, thank you, Jim. I can hear that echoing out there in Radioland. Um <laughs> It was a strip. I don't know if you noticed it, Dave, but not a lot happened while you were away. Um, so you can feel actually feel really good about that. You're, you you are so essential to the <laughs> marketing industry, Dave. That like you went on vacation and like you know everyone pretty much said, "Ah, screw it, we're not doing nothing." A <laughs> uh, few things went down. You uh, it's funny because I, I, there was an article that was being passed around like a doobie last week. Um, it was written by Tony Wright, bad information, bad SEO information, too easy to find, impossible to escape. You probably didn't see it because it was, you were able to escape bad SEO information. You went to Mexico. Um, I don't know if you saw the article or not, but I'm sure you've seen bad SEO advice being published (laughs) in mainstream journals, right? I have, and you're right. I, I had actually, I, I know the of the article you're talking about. I haven't actually read it yet because, yeah, I was kind of trying to avoid anything but the most necessary work while away this time. So, okay, well, screw the bad information. I don't want, I don't want to talk about bad SEO information. There was, but, but there was a point towards the end of the article, and this was published in Search Engine Journal, um, some sometime last week, um. There was a note that Tony made about an initiative that he and the Dallas-Fort Worth uh, Internet Marketers... Is it Dallas-Fort Worth Internet Marketers? Is that the, the name of the group? Yeah. Um, an extraordinarily cool group, by the way. For What started as a meetup group is now one of the largest uh, regular meetings of search marketers in that, probably in the world. Yeah. Um, Bill Hartzer. Our friend Bill Hartzer is a member of that group. Anyway, they they had tried an initiative to try to clean up and regulate the SEO industry a few years back. Um, they tried the Search Congress. And I think that initiative failed because it didn't include smaller SEO shops. You had to have like five or seven people on staff to be a member of, a, of the Search Congress. So right. shops like yours and mine wouldn't have been included in this. And 
Um, there was just a general sense of apathy from the larger shops and a huge sense of outrage from the from the micro small ones. Um, so it was, you know, might have been a really good idea, but I guess what they were doing to try to make uh, legitimacy, you know, you have to be a functioning or a larger organization to to be part of the search congress. That's why it failed. Uh, Chris Boggs at Chris Boggs at Sempo twice tried to find a way to regulate the industry, trying to get you know bad information. Um, you know, trying to, 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 to find a way around all this bad SEO advice that was out there. I mean, because bad bad SEO advice and bad practitioners limits growth for for the rest of us, and it makes every contract that much harder to fulfill. Right? Yeah, indeed. So. I read, I read the, I read Tony's article, and I really, I really enjoyed it. I agreed with with every point in it. And at the very end, he noted that he tried an initiative and it failed. Uh, he for for lack of interest in the in the industry, and that got me thinking. Like, why are we? Every time we've tried to uh, change practitioners and how practitioners do their jobs, how how, how we, we we act every day. That's failed, you know. It hasn't worked mostly because I don't, you know, I don't think practitioners want to be regulated. They particularly don't, 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 you know, where 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 SEOs tend not to be the kind of kids who like being told what to do by others. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so it occurred to me we're coming at we've been coming at this problem for twenty years from the wrong end of the problem. What we have to do is affect client expectation at a meta level. You know, um, every 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 SEO practitioner has the client, and Dave, you, you must have had this like horrible head meets desk conversation, <laughs> where a client lectures you on the meta keyword tags they want <laughs> and how important they are to you, right? Or yeah. how important they are to him, to him or her. And uh, you know, it's just like, geez, shut up, like. Even Google doesn't pay attention to many keyword tags, but I got to pay attention to you because I want your money, which is true. I mean, let's, let's call it for what it is, right? Right. Um, that's a bit of bad education that this potential client has in his or her head, and and he or she is going to repeat it over and over and over again when talking to potential SEO ser- uh, service providers because that's what the potential client knows. And so this is their way of trying to qualify who's good and who isn't good. Right. With a piece of misinformation. With a, with a piece of misinformation, indeed. So we can't – so this calls for, like, education of, like, you know, the clients, which isn't going to happen because it's – I mean, like, I've spent 20 years learning SEO, and I'm, I'm, I'm barely scratching the surface. You know? Well, and indeed, and I mean, I've gone looking for a chiropractor. I didn't go to medical school first, right, to try and figure out what what I need to know to pick the right chiropractor, right? Like, you need to (laughs) sort of go forward under certain assumptions that these are the experts who will tell me what to do. Um, You know, in one case, it's dealing with livelihood, and the other one, my spine. You know, we can debate which one's more or less important, but... um, which are you more likely to research on Google and go with the first answer? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was thinking about um, – I'm not going to mention them by name, but there's like three people in the industry who are mega auditors. Okay? Yeah. And I imagine between the three of them, they would have checklists that would – the person who writes the Google uh, quality guide – or the, the Google um, the Live Raiders guide would want to read these checklists. That, that's how thorough these super auditors are. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm 99.9% sure, Dave, you know who I'm talking about, and, and most of the listeners out there know by name who I'm talking about, but I'm not going to out them because, you know, I, that's I, don't, want to put them in, I don't want to put them in the spot, right? Mm-hmm. But it occurs to me that these people have enumerated checklists about all the stuff they check when they do an audit. And that's the kind of information that would really actually be good to have in potential clients' hands so that, well, the expectations of SEOs and perhaps the the, the, the 
enormity of the job of being an SEO is is known to the client. <laughs> so and, and again, it occurred to me like, like that's that's the way to to push the bad actors out of the uh, practice. Right, and it's occurring to me now that maybe the idea isn't totally fleshed out. But honestly, I think <laughs> if we approach if we approach by um, sharing the highest quality of information we possibly can openly with the with the world at large, and everybody in the uh, in the industry. We might meet, read the metrics differently, but we all use the same common audit principles. I bet you the industry would change overnight and, and, and slowly start to standardize. And a lot of those bad actors and bad apples would be pushed out. You, you bring up a good point. I mean, I, I think to, to your audit list, which I think is actually a really, really interesting one I'd never thought of, um, or a, maybe a more digestible to a layperson um, version would be, and I think there's one due this year. They do it every every second year. Um, is Moz's, um, you know, sort of ranking factors, um, sort of breakdown. And the thing I like about that, and I'm sure you do too, is it sort of goes, all right, and here's the agreement, right? Like here's the factor, here's how it weights, but here's what all these like SEOs, here's how many of them agreed on it, right? To give people a feel for, okay, you know what? If we're talking about whatever title tags. Yes, they're weighted important, and 98% of people had this listed as important, right? Okay. <laughs> right? We can That's go there. And then you'd look at, like, keyword and go, okay, you know, three people still think it's important. <laughs> like, really put it into a context and go, it's low importance, and even the people, you know, and there's only, like, 3% of people who might still be wrongly thinking it's important, right? So um, you're right. I think that that point of education is is probably makes the most sense. It'll be difficult to get buy-in to get them there, but well, if they did, they a lot, it, uh, lot better. Take it one step further. These uh, these three super auditors I'm talking about, we're, ask, we're basically asking them to give away their livelihood, so they'd have to be compensated. Um, I would I'd put it to them. You get, not only get to change the industry for the better, but you'll get a you'll get a little shave off of everybody's audits. Think of the multiplier on that. I mean, you can keep <laughs> doing like 10 audits a year and make your 150,000 or so, or you can get a little clip off of like 110,000 audits a year and make your million or so. <laughs> it becomes know. your job to keep that list up to date for us. Well, yeah, I'm sure. Well, indeed, we'll, we'll make them work for it. Of course, nobody writes for free in this town. <laughs> <laughs> No, but seriously, we, we, we would be asking them to give up their livelihood, so they'd have to be compensated, but everybody would have to use the same audit documents or the same audit templates. This is standard in the industry, and you know you're with a certified, extraordinary SEO company if they use these uh, standardized audit, audit documents or audit mm -hmm. templates. And again, this is a way of guaranteeing quality of... Um, well, rewarding rewarding some of the people who've gone out of the way to out of their way to make this a better industry already. Um, Indeed, you all get to retire early in Hawaii, <laughs> um, and you'll have so much money you can take me too. Yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, anyway, so that's that, that's my modest proposal to save the SEO industry. What do you Good think? Modest proposal. I see it ends with you in Hawaii, so you know. That's the best part. <laughs> There may be a bias in there somewhere. Uh, yeah, that's 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 what, and seriously, what's Hawaii without me? I mean, <laughs> no fun. Ask Ross Dudd; he'll tell you. Okay, so um, I think I just burned our entire first section. I know we've only got a couple minutes left. Where would you like to? Uh, where would you like to head? Oh, I don't know. So Gary Eyes was talking uh, on, uh, uh, well, was typing on Twitter again, and um, as it turns out. Um, SEO, I mean, you, you know Bob Gladstein, SEO uh, Bob Gladstein? Yeah, I mean, not not well, but yes. Um, he writes, uh, he writes to Gary Ease on, 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 on Twitter, asking, yeah. is quote-unquote over-optimization, is it really a thing? And if it is, can you please come up with a name for it that isn't an oxymoron? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, Gary replies, it's totally a thing but he couldn't think of a better name for it. It's literally optimizing so much that it eventually starts hurting. Now, 
nothing specific there, but um, apparently over-optimization really is a thing. That's good. And it should be. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'll bet a lot of our listening audience does not even remember um, the day of brutal over-optimization. And call a spade a spade. Well, I don't know about you. I'll, you know, I'll call myself out on this. I did it because I had to, right? I won't, you know, put you in that because I didn't actually see your work in this context. But it's like you sort of, you jammed your, you know, keywords into every point you could because, you know, you needed to hit your keyword densities. Keyword density, something that they don't even really know about. <laughs> because it's so almost irrelevant at this stage. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's great. And you know, that, that he's come out and said this now, it doesn't really give you an action item. Like where is that threshold and what is it, right? Like is, is keyword density a thing? Is he saying there is a density that's too high? Like, should we be talking about keyword density again? Because there's, it's actually an upper threshold, not a lower that we need to be dealing with anymore and stuff. I got not, not a lot of detail in that, but it's, it's interesting to know and really reinforces once more the old, you know, I mean, I, I, I hated it for years, but it's, it's more and more true now. Yeah. Just, is this going to read properly and display properly for your visitor? Then it's probably not over optimized. Oh, um, <laughs> so. But if it's uh, something like an unnatural link campaign, or if you're trying to do uh, page rank sculpting, mm-hmm. although you know I don't know about page rank sculpting, if Google would really even notice the pattern or care anymore because they're not, they're just so not looking for that in the first place. Um, but they might they might notice the pattern of weird links, and uh, if you're keyword stuffing, most certainly you're going to get banged. Um, Panda don't screw around. Um, Panda just sort of knocks you over the head and goes on, goes off for dinner somewhere, right? It doesn't doesn't right. mess around. Um, same with Penguin. If uh, if if you have like if you have crappy links coming into your site and lots of them, um, a lot of that I think depends on how those links were were created and when they were built. Most of those will probably just get ignored, so you're not going to get penalized per se, but you're penalized yourself by by expending a bunch of energy that's done nothing for you. Um, and that's that's a penalty if you ask me. Like, you know how Ben Franklin used to say, "A penny saved is a penny earned." Right. Well, if you th- if you just stand there and throw pennies at the kid across the street, the kid across the street gets to earn a lot of pennies, <laughs> and you and you lose them because <laughs> and you've done nothing for yourself. No, and that's a really good point that we often don't think about. It's the actual value of doing something that's inert. Right? Yeah. It's like. If you put a lot of energy into something that actually does nothing, and that's actually a huge cost, either for yourself or for your clients, and that's something we always need to remember. And I remember, I remember a time. This is going to sound crazy, but like you know what you know how people get when they sort of get desperate and they're in billing cycles and they gotta pad their hours out so they do this stuff. You would actually do better for your client to turn on the real time analytics at Google uh, at Google Analytics and just sit there. Watching the number change. <laughs> You'd be doing better for your client. You <laughs> and, might uh, learn something. And you can most definitely pad your hours that way. <laughs> That's so. a good way to put it. Okay. It's, well, if you have to pad your hours and you don't know what you're doing, so you want to go out and over-optimize a website, well, you know, just sit and watch Google Ana- Analytics instead. We are at 20 after the hour. Um, we have a couple of interviews from the uh, conversion from uh, conversion conference in Vegas about a month ago that uh, that you want that we wanted to play. This time, we actually know who you're talking to. <laughs> so uh, we're going to take a break. Come back and uh, uh, hear you talking to Greg Charbot and somebody else. <laughs> and, uh, and we'll even introduce them properly, but. First, on behalf of Dave Davis, Beatstock Internet Marketing, as you mentioned, it's always meeting. You're listening to WebCology on Cranberry.fm, 25th of May, 2017. Back after the messages. Sit tight and don't move. WebCology will be back after this short break. Is your website hacked? 
Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's FJDigital.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Browse through our complete library of programs at cranberry.fm or on demand through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Google Play. Don't worry, you can still access all of our great webmasterradio.fm programs at cranberry.fm. Refresh your bookmarks today to Cranberry Radio at cranberry.fm. Jamming and spamming, cashing in the clicks. SEO is always in session, only on Cranberry Radio, cranberry.fm. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. <laughs> you got me, Brasco. You totally got me. That was a old variation on uh, on Archer's answering machine. Well done. Okay, so a couple weeks ago, Dave, you were in you were in Mexico a few weeks ago. You were in uh, sunny Las Vegas at Tim Ash's conversion conference. Yep. At which you spoke to a couple of Martys, one of which was Marty Weintraub, <laughs> who we will be having live on the show coming up very soon. Trying to arrange it, um, but you also spoke to. Uh, well, this guy's really special in the in in uh, search marketing history. He's one of the originals. Um, it's been around longer than Dave and I have. Um, from uh, SEO PR uh, founder Greg Jarbo, um, he does a lot. Talks a lot about YouTube video optimization, how to use video for your business. And uh, Dave, did you want to queue up the intro? You know what? You 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 did a great job, and we may be going uh, in into a couple. So I'm just going to leave it at that. This this is a a, a great guy. We're going to be listening to Greg Jarbo, SEO PR, fun interview, and I'm looking forward to dragging him onto our show for a you know hopefully a full 40 minute interview here coming up. But uh, Braska, do you want to queue us up and take us away? Well, everybody, this is Dave Davies here at Conversion Conference. I'm with Greg Jarbo from SEO PR. Greg did an awesome session yesterday on video marketing. Greg, what were you covering yesterday? What is exciting and going on in YouTube right now? Well, first of all, I want to give a shout out to Beanstalk because they did heavy tweeting from my session. I was like, I thought I was making a few interesting points, but boy, based on the Twitter reaction, it just blew up the Twitter sphere. Anyhow, so here was the key message. Um, YouTube has changed dramatically in the last couple of years. And if you haven't gone back and taken a second look at it, you may still think, it's the place where you go to see funny cat videos. By the way, the funny cat videos are still there. They didn't get taken down, but one of the things that um, marketers should pay really close attention to is over basically the last 18 months, YouTube has rolled out a number of features and functions that now make video a direct response medium instead of just a branding medium. So you can show people your message, you can demo your product, you can get that testimonial, you can do whatever you want to do with the video. 
But now you can add things like call to action overlays. You can add cards, which are uh, clickable and they can take you to, oh my God, a landing page on your website where you can sell stuff. And uh, a number of uh, savvy marketers have taken advantage of this to drive not just views, but to convert viewers into customers. Now, I know Mary had mentioned to me yesterday that you had popped up a, a stat that I had missed, um, which is 70 million Americans will use YouTube as part of their buying process. How does that work? Well, this is the, the big surprise because we're all used to people going to Google to find information when they're in the process of making a buying decision. And somewhere along the way, nobody sent us the memo. Um, YouTube, which is the world's second largest search engine, and there's more searches done on YouTube than Bing or Yahoo or any other place other than Google. Google's number one, but YouTube is number two. People are now going to YouTube to say, show me this product that I'm considering, or, um, you know, is this going to be hard to implement in my organization for a B2B product? And all of a sudden, it's like people are going to YouTube to make purchasing decisions, to get information that says, okay, that's the brand that I want. Wow, if you're not there, you're, you're missing, in the United States, 70 million people a month going to YouTube to find solutions to the problems that they have. And some of those are consumers, some of those are business-to-business -business buyers. Uh, we've used it for clients in both circumstances to uh, generate measurable results. So. You know, who knew? Who knew? Uh, we, we thought they were all going to look at the funny cats. Well, they look at the funny cats too, but they're going there to get product demos, uh, how-to information, uh, reviews are really popular. And in the technology field, unboxing videos, merely taking, it's the new Samsung Galaxy 8. I'm going to take it out of the box. It, 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 it's mind-blowing what people want to watch, but they're watching it. Yeah, no, that's a, you know what? I've got a 17-year-old who watches exactly those sorts of things. Uh, it uh, makes, makes for or watching other people play video games. Um, and you're right, part of the buying cycle, because he's watching to find out, does he want to buy that game? So it, it, it works perfectly for, for that as well. I'm going to go back just a bit, and you were talking about clickable ways to get people from the actual video over to your site. How do you, what are some successful ways? What's a successful card? What's a successful landing page from a video? Uh, we're still experimenting with that. So if I had it all locked up, I probably would be rich now and we wouldn't <laughs> be doing this interview. I'd be on an island someplace. But um, one of the things that uh, conversion rate optimization teaches you is how to test, test, test. And oh, by the way, do some more testing. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we've been doing for um, several clients is to say, okay, if we use the call to action overlay, how did that work? If we use the in cards that uh, YouTube has rolled out, um, we put three in cards at the end of a video for the conference here. Uh, one of them got more clicks than the other two. And so now we're trying to analyze, okay, how come? What does that tell us? How would we adjust this next time out? So we're in the early phases of ferreting it out. But the point is, people are clicking. Right. So either way, you're getting something where before you got nothing. Right. Now, do you have any sort of insights on the direction that we may be going? Like you're, you're talking about the last couple of years have shown some great movements by YouTube. They're obviously getting more business centric. What are we, what are we expecting down the road? Well, uh, the one thing that you should rush out and test tomorrow is um, true view for shopping. This is a uh, form of shopping ad, so it's like a PLA. Um, only instead of turning up in Google results, it's turning up in YouTube. But the point is, is that in your video, you can add several different calls to action. And people like Wayfair have found that they've tripled their response rate and sales by taking advantage of this true view for shopping capability. Instead of just looking at the you know, furnishings that they have, people are saying, oh, okay, yeah, I'll buy that one. Click here, go to the store, place the order. So um, it means you need to rethink your whole approach to video because in the past it was all about branding. I want to increase brand awareness. So maybe I'll have a funny video, maybe it'll be short. 
we're now finding that longer videos sell more. And you know what? The people who do infomercials on TV understood that a long time ago. The two-minute infomercial on TV was always selling more gear than the 30-second branding spot. So um, we're relearning some old lessons. Now, what do you say if I'm... You're, you're talking to me about this. I, I think... I, I'm listening to what you're saying. I think it's great, but but Greg, I, I just I don't have the money for a production company. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Let me show you my production crew. It's right here. It, this is a Galaxy Samsung S7. It's not even the new one, right? But the point is, is whether you've got an iPhone or um, uh, a, a, a Galaxy, um, uh, you know, Android-based uh, system, your camera is probably something you already own. The app that you're going to want to use to um, get ideas about, um, I, I, I want to create a storyboard before I go shoot this thing, uh, comes from YouTube. It's called YouTube for Business uh, Director, and it's free. Now, I, I don't know, maybe that's outside your budget. <laughs> but what it will do is to say, why don't you open with this kind of shot? Um, in your next shot, you might want to include this. And then, oh, by the way, the app, God bless it, will help you edit the software and upload it. So, um, that's outside your budget? Wow. Yeah, that'd be, a, that'd be a very low budget. And you bring up a really good point. I actually have a client who's interestingly here right now who had the insight. He's on the Outer Banks of North Carolina, just for our listeners to go, can't do this. Major vacation rental site, just stopped. It started snowing, stopped, did a 360 video from where he was because that doesn't happen there, over a million views. Right, just because people hadn't seen that before. So you're you're totally right. You don't need a big budget. You just need the insight to go, this is something people want. And that's the key. And that's the key. Because if you're going to do what I call corporate propaganda, nobody wants to watch it. So if it's all about me, 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 well, gag. No, okay, you've you made a great segue to something I wanted to make sure to talk about because we talked about corporate propaganda here. And, and, and I know you talked a little bit about, is it unlisted? Uh, videos and, and there you so why you, this doesn't make sense why would I want a video unlisted well um, first of all people don't realize that you can do that I've seen unlisted videos um, used in some very creative ways one of which was to pitch reporters a story instead of doing the normal pitch email God bless you and stand in line and hope that you know it doesn't get flushed um, it was a short email from uh, the folks at Horrorbrush. It included a link to an unlisted video. And right away, if you're a journalist, it's like, unlisted video? Mm -hmm. And in the video was a custom pitch, not a generic pitch, a custom pitch. You know, to you by name, what's the story? Here, let us show you a little bit of it, but, you know, this is worth Guess what? Generated publicity. Okay, that's a PR application. We've seen unlisted videos used uh, for oh, um, behind-the-scenes views uh, of Burberry's. So here's the video. You can you can see the highlights from the you know the catwalk. Here's the new styles. Blah blah blah. But if you click here, you're going to go behind the scenes and get a you know special kind of information uh, that isn't quote available in public because it hasn't been made public. But all of a sudden, you're giving the viewer a sense of, wow, you've got me behind the curtain. Oh, and guess what? That's then where you're more likely to engage them and get them to do whatever. Subscribe to your newsletter, buy your product, um, you know, take the next step. You're building uh, a relationship with the viewer instead of just showing them stuff. Now, I know we have to, we have to close up, and it's a, it's a busy conference, but... Are there any parting words? And more, you know what, I was going to say, are there any parting words, but this is a complicated area. Where can people go to follow you, and how do they get in touch with you if they need some assistance, like I'm sure a lot of people do? Well, I'm on airplanes a lot, <laughs> so um, uh, I'm, I'm in uh, airplane mode. Um, one of the places you will find uh, that I write a weekly column is tubularinsights.com, uh, and... Um, I have a piece up uh, this week uh, that just was posted uh, yesterday talking about how media buyers are losing their jobs to uh, programmatic buying. 
Um, and if 80% of the ads on YouTube are being bought by algorithms, um, what does that do for your uh, career? Mm -hmm. um, uh, but you can find me on Tubular Insights. You can go to my website, seo-pr.com. Um, you can check out my Twitter feed. It's at Greg Jarbo. Uh, J-A-R-B-O-E. Most people don't realize there's two vowels at the end. That's just the way it is. Um, you know, um, give me a holler. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Greg. I know it was, a, it was a great session. Really appreciate you taking time at this conference to talk to us. And folks, that was Greg Jarbo from SEO PR. This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing here at Conversion Conference 2017. Nice catch, Dave. Like, of course, of course, ads are being purchased by algorithm now <laughs> it's funny i never even thought of that we've been we've been talking a lot about um you know the rise of the robots uh we did the interview with martin ford back in the autumn um talking about automation in the industry and i hadn't even thought about ad buying through algorithm yeah i know it's it's one of those sort of outliers for those of us that think predominantly in the world of organic yeah indeed eh? um <laughs> mind you it's only a matter of time but before then, if we can retire in Hawaii, that would be, like, like <laughs> splendid. Okay, we're going to be taking a break, but we're coming back with uh, an interview you did with a company named Finch. Yep. Um, so, on behalf of Dave Davis from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger for Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on Cranberry.fm, 25th of May, 2017, back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash Founders Circle. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Synergize your search engine education from 101 to rockstar level. Only on Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. Webcology takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davis. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's uh, the 25th of May, 2017, and uh, again, a few weeks ago, Dave Davies was in Las Vegas at Conversion Conference where he interviewed a, uh, well, my, my show notes say a bunch of people named Finch. Dave, um, I, I know there's more to this story than that. Yeah, there, there is, and it's, it's actually really, uh, it was one of the... You know, going into every show, right? There are certain interviews that you're like, okay, this is neat because I, I didn't know to think of this, right? Like, I, I didn't know that it, where you're interviewing companies and you're like, oh, I didn't know that 
sort of okay. um, and and this is one of them there were there were a couple of them and I actually quite enjoyed all the interviews because conversions are, are a neat thing of course but um, this was a, a really interesting one where I was just like okay I, I didn't know it I'll, I'll save it for the actual interview itself but I didn't know it could be done this way and the interesting thing is we talked about this right before going to break is we're dealing with AI and automation in a paid search world but not with the goal of replacing humans, but with the goal of letting humans do what only humans can do, which is have a better idea to understand what other humans might do and, and sort of focus in on the creative um, and leave, uh, leave some of the more mundane tasks to the robots that can do a lot of them much better if for no other reason than they don't get bored. So okay. I'll, I'll leave the rest. I, I start out the interview getting that explanation. So why don't we just, uh, why don't we just jump right in? Yeah. This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing here at Conversion Conference 2017. I'm here with Michelle from Finch. Now, I, I chatted with you yesterday a little bit, so but I, I'm going to pretend I didn't because our guests didn't get to get to actually hear what, what you were telling me. So sure. take us from the beginning. What is Finch? What is Finch? So Finch is a programmatic advertising agency. We work with Google and Bing, and really our differentiator is we combine our proprietary technology with the human component. So the technology takes care of all those things that are so time consuming, like all the bid modifiers, your mobile, tablet, geo, um, on top of some keyword build out. And then, you know, that allows your account manager to really focus on the strategy of growing your business. And that can entail a bunch of initiatives from um, A-B testing ad copy, making sure all your extensions in place, just that your account is in top shape. So now we I'm going to assume we have, I mean, we've got a range of different listeners, so some of them are going to be pretty much new to PPC, some of them are going to be you know, veterans in PPC, but you're talking about things like bid modifiers, and, and what are all the different areas, you don't have to list every single one because I'm sure there's a million, but what are some of the core areas that you're looking at, and why, why is it important that they be done programmatically as opposed to by a human being? What kind of time savings are we looking at here? Sure. Depending on the size of the account, it's it's huge. And especially for us, we set up our campaigns quite differently. We only have one keyword per ad group. And the reason for that is so we can get so granular with that bidding on that ad group level. Um, and when you're looking at some of our accounts that now have 100,000 ad groups, as a human being, you couldn't possibly update those bids effectively. You wouldn't have time for anything yeah, else. But they both and also, are. the machine There's brings to it the algorithm and all the conversion history. So instead of a person by keyword trying to figure out, okay, I had this many conversions, so I'm going to set the bid here, that's all done programmatically, kind of that next level that no human could ever really do effectively. Okay, so now we... we taking a bit of time, but what sort of, you're talking 100,000 keywords, so I'm going to assume we, we're going to hit scenarios sometimes where one of those keywords is either new, so we don't have any conversion history, or it just doesn't really have a conversion history, but you may not want to weed it out anyway because it's like things that have a conversion history. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Yeah, that's a great question. So when a keyword doesn't have enough conversion data of its own, and for us the default is five individual conversions to set those bids, our algorithm is smart enough to know how to group it. So if it's in a regular search campaign, it might be with similar match types, it might be similar themes or labels. Um, we have the same technology for our PLAs, our shopping campaigns. So there we can kind of group by brand or category or if they have um, specific labels in place. So it will share data among like things and every night it recalculates, okay, if I group things this way, what kind of results are we gonna get until it finds that optimum and eventually the keyword has enough conversion volume on its own. Yeah, now you talked about, just for, for our listeners who may not know, you mentioned PLAs, which is product listing ads. What makes those different than typical search ads in your, let's, you know what, let's just start at the very basic. Mm -hmm. What makes them different than traditional search ads? And then we'll go into why your system has yeah. to treat them different. Sure, perfect. Um, so with product listing ads, you don't have traditional keywords. So most people know with paid search, okay, I want to bid on keywords that have to deal with my business can't actually bid on keywords and shopping. It's all done through a shopping feed that would come right out of your platform. Um, and then it's really about you know optimizing the titles and making sure it's relevant. So Google will serve based on that feed whatever it thinks is relevant. Um, so that's quite a bit different than search. You don't have that ad copy. You're just seeing a picture of the product, which can be pretty powerful, and you know priced below it, and it's all lined up against your competitors. So they're all kind of in comparison, so again, with the technology to set those bids, it would be very hard for a human to 
kind of figure out what range it should be in because you don't have any of those traditional like ad placement um, position like you do with search ads. Well, I mean, you because we're in the, the PLAs, we're, we're in some exciting terrain right now. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you you like you somehow don't know this already but I mean Google's making some some big moves in that area putting carousels all over the bloody place um, you know they have their was it their fashion you know the, the new filters for fashion I can't remember specifically what yeah. it's called um, where yeah now all of a sudden you're seeing product listings below stuff you would like in fashion stuff how does that impact like if we're flashing forward what kind of power are we now giving to product listing ads that might not be there quite today but why you might want to get in there today to prep for the future sure yeah it's huge so if you think from the perspective of google and what they've done in the last couple of years is they've really just continued to monetize that first page it used to be you know well if i'm doing well organically then that'll take care of itself but with now that they have those shopping ads at the top which has then pushed down um, the regular search ads, they don't even have them off the side anymore, they're just putting them all at the top. They're probably not even going to show up above the fold for your organic listing. So to not be in that space is almost dangerous the amount of traffic that you can lose at this point. Um, and shopping will only continue to get bigger. They've kind of refined it over and over the years to, to make it more specific. And actually for a lot of our clients we've seen now, it's a bigger portion than their search budgets because um, that side has just kind of exploded. Now, what are you guys seeing in mobile? I mean, because you're talking about bid modifiers, so I have to go into mobile. I mean, that's where all the carousels are, are firing in there. So are we seeing a, a stronger need for, for something like the automation of, of, of the bids and that sort of thing onto mobile because of its prominence right now? Yeah, absolutely. I think... Um Previously, mobile was kind of looked at more as this information piece. Maybe you start your search there, but you don't purchase until you go back to your computer. And what they've really found over the last year is that's not the case at all. The uptick in conversions on mobile are huge. And then, like you said, when you layer in those modifiers, and what's kind of great about our software is because it's so granular, maybe one keyword performs really well on mobile. So you're going to bid that one up, but another keyword doesn't. So you bid that down. So the risk of kind of having an account level modifier on mobile you know, you could be risking some great traffic just because some keywords don't perform well. So that's, again, where the, the tool is pretty amazing. Now, something I, I suppose you guys couldn't be dealing with yet because we just don't have enough volume, but you're probably looking at for the future. What do you think we're going to be dealing with, either the PLAs or, or whatnot, um, when it comes to voice, uh, voice first, certainly? I mean, we've got our Google Homes and stuff, but also people just talking into their phone and, and looking for things. Mm -hmm. um, how do you think that's going to impact what you guys are, are having to do? Is that now a third category or fourth category of, of things you're going to have to deal with? Yeah, that's another good question. I think it will probably fold into kind of what we have now. I think um, we've trained people to be really efficient and or maybe almost lazy. I mean, we text now and uh, that I, I've got the Apple computer so I can text right on and type easy. And so the voice is kind of that next step in that, but it's still going to be the same base. People are still going to be asking about something or searching for something in particular. Um, so maybe they'll come out with, you know, another layer on that, but it'll still kind of be the same fundamentals in terms of going after keywords and, and layering those bits. Right. If I'm looking for a pair of black shoes to wear to a wedding, I'm looking for a pair of black shoes right. to wear to a wedding. That's what you're going to say. Yeah. So what do you guys have sort of coming? Who? You know what? Actually, I'm going to go a slightly different direction. What... Who is your client? Like, we're, we're talking about what you can do, right? Sure. For who? Yeah. So I would say about 65% of our clients are e-commerce businesses, and the others are lead gen. And for us, it really just comes down to having some type of conversion to optimize off from. So if it is lead gen, what is your CPA? What's an acceptable CPA? And then we're going to maximize towards that. If it's an e-commerce company, it's having some type of cost per sale. So let's say it's 20%. Um, that means you're willing to spend $20 to make $100. We often get the question, what's the right answer? And there's no right answer. It completely depends on your business and you know, what your margins are like. Um, so as long as we have something like that to optimize towards... Now, could you work in an environment, say... I'm a publisher. I don't know. Uh, Huffington Post. I'm just going to pick a well-known one. Where sure. I'm monetizing based on the number of page views, and I know the value I'm getting on the number of page views. So if I set up a goal for the number of page views, could it work? Yeah, that's a good question. Because sometimes we'll get people that say, you know, I just want more traffic. And that doesn't really work. But when you can tie it to something specific like that, or it would be a goal in analytics that we can import, and you have set some value towards that, we can absolutely optimize towards that. 
perfect. Now, if people want more information, and they probably should, and if not, just to read the resources on your site and figure out a little bit more about PLA, some new sorts of things, um, where do they go? Um, Finch.com, um, that's our website, and you know, we start with all of our clients with an audit. So you have some type of account going now, we'll do a free audit on it to see, okay, based on where your goals were at, maybe on these keywords, you're just overbidding on those. And these other ones, you have so much potential that if you just bid it up a little bit, you can increase your conversions. So that's where we start. Uh, we go over that audit and then we figure out if it's going to be a good long-term partnership. So I'm just going to make sure that we, we heard this right. That's free. It's 100% free and there's no expectations. You own the audit. You can do with it what you like. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much. That was Michelle from Finch. Highly recommend checking them out. This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing here at Conversion Conference 2017. Okay, that, that was way cool. But you know, you know what we didn't find out, Dave? Is it uh, is it Finch or Finch dot com? Um, and unfortunately, I think Dave might be might be having technical difficulties at his end. That's too bad. Um, check out Finch dot com. That was Michelle Roberts, a uh, pretty interesting interview. We don't got a lot of time to go over much more. Um, one more article people should take a look at. Uh, published over at uh, Moz.com. Dr. Pete, I mean, dude, what Dr. Pete Myers, what this guy does for the search industry, just, you know, just to, just to teach us. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> there's no way to automate this, friends. Dr. Pete did 1,000 voice searches on Google Home. So that means he had to go, okay, Google, and then speak a search query, and then compare them against uh, a desktop and mobile query. Could you imagine the sheer amount of work in, involved in this? So May 23rd over at the um, Moz.com blog, lessons from 1,000 voice searches on Google Home, absolutely worth reading. Um, just, you know, for the uh, – read it anyway. Even if I give you a uh, too-long-didn't-read version, uh, read it anyway. Apparently um, – Featured snippets are where it's at. If you can get yourself into a featured snippet, you're probably going to be one of the answers on Google Home. Um, as, as an example, uh, Dr. Pete uh, quite wisely asked, um, asked Google Home, what do hedgehogs eat? Which uh, you know brought up uh, the answer. Hedgehogs eat a wide range of invertebrates, worms, snails, slugs, and insects. I have it on good authority. They also like pizza and spaghetti, um, which also happens to be the uh, snippet that you get from Google. Um, okay, friends, check it out on the last blog <laughs> here in the background, our, uh, our playout music. And I also think I hear Dave laughing. You're back, are you? Uh, I am. Yep. Sorry about that, folks. Not sure what happened. <laughs> okay. Well, friends, on behalf of Dave Davies, who, who's back now, from... Uh, is from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. This is Jim Hedger. Steve, this is Webology on Cranberry.fm on the 25th of May, 2017. Stick around the network. More amazing stuff coming up after the news, and we'll talk to you next week. The opinions expressed those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited.